It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Aha, ha, ha, ha. What it do, baby? Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 750 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, July the 27th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. Today's show is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at RockAuto.com. More on them a little bit later on and how they can save you some money. Uh, all right, on today's show, we are diving into another scrimmage win for the Toronto Raptors. They beat the uh, Portland, Trail Bla- Play- Tor- uh, Portland Trail Blazers. My goodness, it's a start to a Monday. Last night, 110-104 uh, in their second scrimmage. Uh, no Damian Lillard for the Blazers in that game, but still plenty of things to talk about from this one. Um, you know, you can't draw that many sweeping conclusions from uh, a scrimmage game that means nothing, but we'll damn well try. And joining me on today's show to talk about it is our pal Vivek Jacob. What's going on? Uh, nothing much. I uh, just had a, you know... A very alarming start to the day. <laughs> so behind the, the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> behind my, the curtain. condo. Yes. This is <laughs> our own. second attempt at recording this podcast because my dumbass forgot to hit record for a second straight recording of the podcast. Did it to <laughs> myself on Friday night. Uh, but it worked out because during the last episode, there was a fire alarm test going on in Big V's apartment. And uh, outside of one instance where it kind of complimented some talk about Terrence Davis, it did not quite line up with the general tenor of the podcast. Uh, we are going to talk about Terrence Davis on today's show, as well as a great host of Toronto Raptors. Uh, but first, I guess we should do the thing that we usually do when talking about a game. Vivek, we haven't done this for months. I'm so excited to ask you the question. What was your biggest takeaway from the Raptors' 110-104 preseason scrimmage-ass win over the Portland Trailblazers? I'm very excited that the answer is OG Ananobi's handle. Yes. It looks 
lot tighter. Um, he looks very confident uh, on the ball. And, you know, you look at the box score, four assists. But, you know, I think his ability, and again, we're not going to make this out to be like, you know, he's going to be able to attack anyone. I thought this was exactly what you want to see, you know, potentially in a playoff setting where the Raptors initiate action and then off some switches. Now OG's, uh, you know, the ball's been funneled to OG and now he's in front of a big, in this case, it was Zach Collins and he's able to attack him. You know, we, we saw first he went with the right to left crossover, got to the basket, finished with the left. Then there's the other play where, you know, he, he looked like he was going to go left again and brought it back right uh, and then kicked it out and resulted in a three. And so if he can recognize those opportunities uh, and break people down and it doesn't, doesn't have to, you know, end in him scoring, if he can create a shot for somebody else, that's another avenue where, you know, the Raptors offense isn't going to come to a halt in the half court, especially, and is going to allow him to stay on the court those crunch time situations because we've seen situations over the course of the regular season where uh, Nick Nurse has benched him and has gone for a bit more offense to end the game. And so, uh, you know, Nick Nurse has said he wants him to be aggressive and take advantage of opportunities when he has them, uh, especially when he's got a mismatch. And so plays like this are encouraging and trending in the right direction for him to be on the court for those closing moments because, let's face it, defensively, we know that he is the best one-on-one option the Raptors have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I think if there's anything we learned from last year's playoff run, aside from the fact that Kawhi Leonard is extremely good and it's nice to have that dude on your team, I think the thing that we learned about winning playoff basketball is that you have to have no liabilities. You have to be steady across the board on both ends of the floor if you want to maximize your chances of winning because playoff basketball is about making the weakest link on the floor expose themselves as the weakest link. The Raptors obviously don't have that on defense. They're incredible defensively. All of their main rotation guys are excellent defensively. Even their non-main rotation guys are excellent defensively in their own little ways. And that's taken care of. That's not a worry the offensive end is where you kind of run into some problems. And like, look, they have it taken care of when it comes to shooting. Everyone on the floor typically can shoot at least a little bit, uh, sometimes a lot a bit, and that's not a concern. But when it comes to, you know, putting the ball on the floor, making decisions, moving the offense along, that's where you can maybe look at OG as being something of uh, not a weak link or a liability necessarily, just not quite as refined as the other guys on the team, like a Marcus Gasol or a Siakam or a Van Vliet or a Lowry or a Norm or all like anyone really outside of maybe Serge Ibaka. And so I think seeing OG put the ball on the deck, have that sort of dexterity to score around the basket and sort of the strength to use his just like insane frame to push people off in addition to his sort of really growing touch for, you know, big to big passes, finding his big in traffic, kicking out, things like that. It is really exciting because, you know, like I, I don't want to go and claim that he's going to be some, you know, star in the making or anything like that because it's way too early to say that. This is just kind of the next step in his development as a guy who really is in his second real year of having, you know, a normal NBA season. And of course, nothing about this season is even normal. So like his development has had a lot of hurdles and and obstacles to overcome. And for him to finally be showing this, albeit in scrimmage games against the Blazers who don't have much in the way of wing defense, it is still 
quite exciting to see because like there are the sort of makings of a really excellent fifth option there who does not take away anything from the from the team when he's out there it's just you know you, you funnel to him and you're gonna pay for it in some way because i mean probably you're putting your weakest defender on him and ideally he can take advantage of those mismatches and really sort of uh you know put people to work in the post and, and use that passing that he seems to be refining as a way to open things up it's uh it's quite encouraging to see the development he's had and you know again it's a preseason game we don't want to jump to too many conclusions or anything like that but i don't know i i think you know, we, we kind of saw this year, I think, to Vivek, where we saw OG maybe lose minutes in crunch time to a norm, for example, just because he doesn't have that offensive juice. What point do you have, does he have to get to, do you think? Is it just kind of what we saw last night against the Blazers, like that level of competence for him to sort of maintain that spot in those crunch time lineups so they can keep his defense out there? Yeah, I think it's along those lines because, as you said, no matter what, he is going to be – the fourth, fifth option on the court when the Raptors are fully healthy. So it's going to be initial actions involving Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam or, uh, you know, and then you look at Fred, you look at Mark, uh, or if it's Serge on the court. And, and so those kickouts that follow, whether it's going to be an opportunity for him to get off a three quickly again, this season, we have seen a quicker release from him uh, or again, attacking a closeout, uh, or, you know, where, where the defense is in tune and now, you know, it's just a switch onto him. So can he take advantage of the mismatch? That's where he's got to show that he can be on the court. Obviously, Norman Powell uh, is ahead of him offensively right now. And so there's always going to be that in the back of Nick Nurse's mind. But if OG is doing enough to make the defense wary of him and say, hey, you know, we can't, he, yeah, he's the fifth option, but we can't really treat him that way. Then I think it opens up uh, the door for him to be on the court for those, for the game's biggest possessions. Because again, as we've said, defensively, we know what he's capable of. He's a crucial part of uh, the defense. And so uh, if he can just be there uh, the way he was last night offensively in terms of just doing those basics right and having that tight handle and being able to take advantage of a mismatch. Uh, I, I think it'll go a long way toward keeping him on the court. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you want him on the court. He's insanely good at defense and it's nice to see him showing a bit of juice with the ball in his hands as well. Uh, we're going to continue talking about some of our takeaways from the preseason scrimmage win over the Portland Trailblazers in just a second. But first, I want to tell people about rockauto.com, which can save you a lot of money, especially if you're a car dummy like me, who uh, often goes to the mechanic and is asked to pay a lot of money for things. And I don't know the difference. So I end up paying a lot of money when I don't have to because rockauto.com exists. It's a, it's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets for your car. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog rules. It's so easy to navigate, even for a car idiot like me. You just plug in your year, your make, your model, all of that stuff, and then all of the brands, specifications, prices you prefer are available for every part that you could possibly need. And it's not just one part, the part they have in stock at the mechanic. It's tons of different parts from a bunch of different manufacturers. Best of all, 
Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us? Box to the note that we sent you as well. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Big V, more takeaways from the game against the Blazers. Again, let's try to make some sweeping declarations here, please. Uh, let's get a little hotter with the takes, perhaps. Um, the, uh, again, 110-104 over the Blazers. Nice to see. Uh, what else stood out to you outside of OG Ananobi's uh, dexterity with the ball in his hands? Yeah, on the subject of you know, dexterity with the ball... Yeah, and I thought Matt Thomas showed some encouraging signs. Obviously, mm. he dropped a bunch of threes, uh, but I thought I thought what he did uh, in terms of a bit of penetration, a bit of getting to the basket, uh, I, I think that's encouraging for him, again, to open up more avenues for him to be on the court. Uh, Kyle Lowry, I think his, you know, you always expect the compete level to be where it's at, whether it's a scrimmage game, whether it's a summer pickup game, whether, you know, <laughs> He's going, well, one-on-one with his kid and connect four. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you you expect that level of intensity all the time. And so uh, I think the biggest thing for me with him is uh, his shot looks great. His mm-hmm. uh, quickness looks great. He's, he's got that bounce to his game that he, he always seems to have at the start of the season. And so uh, these are very encouraging signs for Kyle Lowry. The, the Raptors, you know, if, if, he, if he keeps on going like this throughout the playoffs, the Raptors might have to petition for, uh, you know, a, a two-month break, three-month <laughs> break before every postseason. So, yeah, I think that was huge. And then, you know, I, I know we're going to talk about Terrence Davis, but I think we we got to throw Serge Ibaka in there as well, man. The two mm-hmm. games, he's looked awesome. I think, you know, he, he hasn't skipped a beat. He, he's been incredible all season. He's – He's delivered on so many levels. He's gotten better. His passing, you know, his interior defense. Uh, I, yeah, I can't say enough about Serge Ibaka and what he's meant to this team this season. Yeah, he's been amazing. Um, and him in conjunction with Lowry were quite responsible, I think, for, um, you know, increasing the tension in a game that really should not have had any, had any tension whatsoever. It's the Blazers and the Raptors. The Blazers are pretty innocuous they're in a different conference they're not exactly rivals but uh you throw Yusuf Nurkic and Serge Ibaka into a heated little discussion and you get some call complaining from Kyle Lowry and you get the sort of general annoyance that he seems to impose on every single team he plays and that game felt like uh like a little bit more than a scrimmage it was really great to sort of 
have like sports hate again for the Blazers, which a team again that I typically kind of like and don't really have a problem with. But um, in the context of yesterday's game, again, kind of stemming from Ibaka and Lowry's just insane intensity, it's uh, it was nice to feel alive again uh, <laughs> in terms of sports to like really sort of feel the hate for a team and like. I think if there's any team that I'm not worried about bringing the competitive juices to uh, an environment where there are no fans and it's kind of a weird setup, the Raptors, I think, have proven quite quickly that that's not going to be an issue for them because they're led by Kyle Lowry, who is a maniac, and in the best possible way is he a maniac. He had 13 points in this game, 5 of 8 from the field, 3 of 4 from downtown, 6 boards, 4 assists in 23 minutes. Just... uh, if you can have a vintage Kyle Lowry performance in a meaningless scrimmage, this was it for sure. And he just looks so damn sharp and healthy and like sprightly. And like you said, the the time off I think has really done him good. I was worried. And I mentioned this on Friday's podcast about the potential of him maybe uh, running into a wall before things shut down, considering the load he was carrying and the minutes he was playing uh, all season long at his advanced age. And for the timing, you know, obviously nothing is good about the, the pandemic or the pause. It's all horrible, terrible garbage. But the fact that Kyle got to take some time just to sort of refresh, it seems, and now is hitting the this season and you know in theory high leverage playoff games very early into this sort of run i mean you're not worried about that breaking down obviously they got to ramp him up carefully and make sure he doesn't like pull a hammy in the process but if he looks like this in a month's time i mean that is just a, a fresh version of kyle lowry the raptors have never really seen in the playoffs outside of when they've been up against like lebron in 2018 when they took care of his minutes and then they just didn't have a chance anyway um but you know like this is the ultimate edition of keeping Kyle Lowry fresh for the playoffs and it's uh I think something that everybody else in the Eastern Conference should be quite worried about because again he's an absolute maniac and it's uh, wonderful to behold um you also mentioned Matt Thomas yeah I mean I totally one thing I do want to yeah carry on yeah quickly add about Kyle is it seems like he's grown so accustomed to not getting the and one call that he (laughs) perfected the I'm gonna make contact and make the shot anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we saw a bit of that in the Portland game. So I thought I thought that was fun to see as well. Definitely. Uh, I just want to know, Matt Thomas, uh, I totally get the appeal if you're Alex Wong. Uh, the, the stroke is uh, is absurd. Like, I love when he hits those, like, running threes where he, like, jumps over the line by, like, five feet just because it's just his way of creating space because he's being crowded so much. Uh, it's it's really wonderful. And yeah, like seeing extra elements of him, you know, putting the ball on the deck a little bit. He always had that sort of take a step in from the three-point line and just can a mid-ranger uh, that he showed off a little bit this season. Again, always kind of leaning and running while he's doing it. Um, you know, I, I don't think Matt Thomas figures into the rotation very much necessarily, but it is nice to know that if they come up against like a zone or something, they play like a Miami like they did this year where they had that game where they got zoned up and couldn't hit a shot. It's nice to know that, you know, Matt Thomas can come in and while his defense remains him running in a circle while the rest of the team is on a string, um, you know, it's nice to know that he can kind of come in and just can some shots because it's a, it's a nice little luxury to have. We saw that in the Milwaukee game as well, where he didn't have to play a ton, but like four minutes of Matt Thomas hitting two threes can kind of grease the wheels. And we know how much every possession matters when you get to a playoff series. So uh, good to see for Matt Thomas there. Uh, we're going to continue on talking about some of our takeaways from this game, in particular some injury concerns, which you never like to hear about ever uh, mm-hmm. in the context of the team that you like. But we are going to get to that because we have to, and it's something that is worth discussing. 
in the context of Fred Van Vliet and Patrick McCaw, perhaps more seriously for Patrick McCaw, and we'll get to, into what that ma- means for the rotation going forward in just a sec. But first, I want to remind people to make sure you're checking out all the shows on the Lockdown Podcast Network, in particular the ones covering the teams that the Raptors are about to play. The Raptors play the Lakers on Sunday. Go check out Locked On Lakers with Anthony Irwin just to get the insight on LeBron and the pals over there in L.A. as they get ready to uh, make their way through the Western Conference, potentially down a couple of big pieces in Rajon Rondo and Avery Bradley. Weird to say they're big pieces, but on that team, they kind of are. Anyway, go listen to Locked On Lakers. It's great. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Vivek, let's uh, wrap things up and take a look at some injury concerns. Never like to see injuries or uh, anything related to them, but uh, worth touching on. Fred Van Vliet played just five minutes in the game against the Blazers on Sunday, uh, banged his knee uh, trying to defend, I I think it was CJ McCollum or Gary Trent or one of the other players. (laughs) I frankly can't remember. Um, He ran off pretty quickly. Seemed like the second he walked off, we weren't going to see him again just because of precautionary reasons at the very best. But uh, it seems like it's not too bad. Bang knee. Uh, they don't seem terribly concerned about it. Um, are you concerned about this at all? Uh, it, it seems like more precautionary than anything else. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think it's totally precautionary. And frankly, I wouldn't, see, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this carried over into the eight seeding games just because the Raptors are you know, relatively secure. Uh, with the two seeds, like like if they win that Boston game, you know, especially you know the rest of the way, I wouldn't be surprised if they're extremely careful about protecting uh, the key rotations' health. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about Fred. Um, on some level, you know, I think when it happened, you 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 were just thinking, of course, the, you know, this is a reminder that it's still the 2019-20 season, and it wouldn't be the 2019-20 season if uh, the Raptors weren't getting hurt. So uh, from that standpoint, it's a bit of a concern, but uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not overly worried about Fred banging his knee. I think he'll be fine. Uh, I, I am more worried about Patrick McCaw. Uh, the, it didn't sound too encouraging, the update from Nick Nurse, for him to say that it's been a lingering issue and it could go either way. Uh, it leads me to believe the fact that, you know, Patrick McCaw hasn't, been able to test it out in a scrimmage game that we might not see him at all. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, considering the circumstances, this bubble situation, I, I don't think you want to chance uh, anything here. So if he's if he's not really up to par, uh, then you know I think it's in the best interests of not just himself but the team as well for him, him to not. Uh, you know, hurt himself further. So uh, mm-hmm. it opens the door for Terrence Davis. And if, you know, if he hasn't <laughs> already knocked it down. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, yeah I, I really like what Terrence Davis brings to the table. But yeah, I am uh, a little worried about Patrick McCaw, uh, not, just, not just for this playoff run, but in the long term for his career. Uh, the fact that it's been lingering for so long because we, you know, as, as we do remember, 
you know, he, he had the uh, operation done before the season started and it's kind of been going on for a while. And so it, it, with all this time off, the fact that it's still not in a good place, that's not encouraging at all. Yeah, I mean, I know everyone kind of roasts Patrick McCaw for, you know, not taking shots or whatever it is, but it's still much better to have him available than it is to not. Uh, he's a good defender. He can sort of run the offense a little bit. And also, even if he was a bad player, uh, or if even he is a bad player, it doesn't matter. I, I hope he's healthy because his career certainly does sound like it's, you know, I mean, for the for a guy like him, it's always kind of tenuous, right? Like he's an end of roster type of player. Yes, he's won three, three straight championships and he's, uh, you know, been able to forge a bit of a niche there. But, you know, you never know what these things can do and a career can be over pretty quickly. And that is scary. And you never like to have that sort of wishy-washy explanation of an injury either. It just, it's just, it's terrifying. And uh, I hope he's okay. Hope things are they're just being precautionary with all of this, and yeah, don't rush him back if if that's the case. Uh, because as it turns out, Terrence Davis, you, you said that maybe he's got a chance to d- break down the door. I think the door already has like a Terrence Davis shaped hole in it uh, after his <laughs> first two games. In, yeah, yeah. Uh, against the uh, who the, the Rockets? Yeah, I already forgot who they played Friday. The Rockets and the Blazers. Um, yeah, thirteen more points for him last night. Four of six from three, including some pull up stuff, which was uh, just frankly nasty um what are your thoughts on terrence davis he looks incredible it doesn't make any sense that he's this good this soon but man he i mean i think he's very clearly the eighth best player on the team in the rotation like as much as even if Pekka was healthy i think what davis has done through these two games like the dynamic he brings offensively is just too good to ignore i think even with his you know defensive shortcomings and his it's not even shortcomings necessarily. It's just his jumpiness and his like over eagerness to play defense, which is one of them good problems when you're a young player, I think. Uh, but what are your overall impressions of Terrence Davis through two games? Yeah, I I love his game. I I think his his shooting prowess. I mean, I don't think anyone expected that coming in, especially looking back on his college career. He's shot the lights out. Uh, his ability to relocate, the catch and shoot, is just spot on. It's such a feathery stroke that um, you have so much confidence in it and you love the confidence that he has in, in himself. And, you know, you combine that with his strength and athleticism when he gets to the rim. Uh, I, I think he's an absolutely explosive, dynamic offensive option. And, you know, th- th- I think with the way the Raptors strengths are laid out, when you look at what they can do defensively, uh, the the spark that he could provide, you know, in, in those early second quarter stretches, uh, late third quarter or early fourth quarter, I think that's where he can be a difference maker. You don't really expect him to see uh, many crunch time minutes. You know, I, I think people might still be wary of that moment uh, against the OKC Thunder at home when he forgot sort of the time score situation <laughs> and didn't bow all the way up the court and Kyle sort of, <laughs> you know, Kyle let him know. Um, but I think, I think for the type of usage he might see, I, I, I think he's a great option. Uh, not only as a scoring option in the short term for the Raptors, but long term, you know, as a starting guard potentially. Yeah. Uh, he's, 
very exciting. Even if he only caps out as like a off the bench scoring six man, that is a pretty kick ass scoring six man to have, considering the sort of uh, the burst he has, the de- the defense he provides, which you often don't see from six man style players. Um, he's uh, he's very very cool, exciting, and he's clearly the eighth best player on the team at this point. I mean, he was pretty much all season anyway through his advanced metrics and things like that. But um, with the McCaw thing, I think that opens up the the space for him to slot in there nicely is the, the fourth guard in the rotation, which uh, I'm not complaining about even a little bit because he is just a blast to watch. And the pull-up stuff, I mean, it's easy to hit a corner three or you didn't teach yourself to hit a corner three when you're open, but to be able to pull up from above the break, it's not easy stuff, even for a guard. And for him to be working on it in year one still uh, after being undrafted is uh, quite remarkable. So shout out to Terrence Davis Looking forward to seeing him probably light it up over uh, many minutes on Tuesday against the Suns as well, I would imagine. Uh, all right, Big V, I feel like we've covered a scrimmage enough. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's always wild when we can milk an entire episode out of, a, out of a game that means nothing, but we did it, and I'm thankful for it, and I'm thankful for you joining the show. Do you have anything you would like to plug? Just my usual stuff at Complex, uh, at Raptors Republic. I'm excited to do a bunch of playoff stuff uh, there. And then uh, I should have a piece on Pascal Siakam just digging into sort of what he's been as a number one option, what to look for him and look for from him uh, in the postseason, and what, you know, what might be a red flag going down the line, what shouldn't be considered a red flag, that type of thing. Uh, and besides that, you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. Definitely. Uh, we're going to talk about one of your wonderful pieces for Complex on tomorrow's podcast, your Marcus Gasol feature from last week, which is excellent. Everyone should go read it to prepare themselves for tomorrow's podcast. That's right. You're getting homework. Uh, anyway, get ready for that on Tuesday. It's going to be a lot of fun. You can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's much appreciated when you take the time. Also, make sure you're going and checking out all of the Locked On Podcast Network offerings as sports return. Baseball, maybe not long for this world, uh, considering they're a disaster show, but some other leagues are doing a great job. And uh, the NHL in particular had zero positive tests, over 4,000 tests conducted between uh, July 18th and 25th. That's wonderful news. So go and listen to the Lockdown NHL shows. This week, there's lots of great crossovers going on uh, between all the teams playing in the qualifying round. I'm actually kind of excited for hockey in a way I haven't been in a very long time, which is weird. And uh, it's weird to see the NHL not bungling something frankly uh so go and take advantage of the nhl not bungling things and listen to the nhl hosts talk about their teams as they gear up for the playoffs that's going to do it for today's show thank you so much we will talk to you again on tuesday with big v once again talking about his mark Gasol piece and uh that'll do it we'll talk to you again then on another episode of locked on raptors Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.